0: To be you
1: is that men and women can't be friends because the sex part always gets in the way. You. You. I'm in love with Could you. I'm in love with you. Snap out of it. The
0: Could magnificence make me that comes out of your eyes and your voice and the way you stand there like and the way you walk. You're so lit so from within, Tracy. It had to be
1: you, wonderful you, it had to be you. Hello romantics, welcome to It Pods Be You, the talk film society podcast that's all about falling in love on the big screen. I'm your host, Manish Mathur, and each episode I'll be chatting with a guest about one of their favorite romantic comedies, from classics to modern hits. My guest today is Alicia Javeri. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Doing very well. Very excited to talk with you today about this film. Would you like to introduce the film for us today?
0: Um, Sure. So we're going to be talking about While You Were Sleeping. Um, it was made in 1995, starring uh, Sandra Bullock and Bill Pullman, directed by John Turtletop.
1: So when I asked you to come on this podcast, you gave me a list of some films which uh are which was a really great list but i want to do this movie because you know sandra bullock being such a you know um romantic comedy queen she's done so many of them almost all of them have been successful um so why did you have this movie on your list like what like what's so special about it for you
0: for me, it's more of a personal connection to the movie. So I, I grew up, uh, in Japan where we didn't get a lot of, um, you know, in American or English, uh, language movies. And so we would have this, um, we would have like a satellite where they would, they would show movies every once in a while and my mom would tape them. And, um, this was one of those movies. And so it just kind of was one of those, video cassettes that we watched over and over and over again and um so I've always I've always viewed it as a fan it's turned into a movie I watch every holiday season um and so yeah I definitely have a personal connection to it and um you know it's it's really one of those movies for absolute kind of hopeless romantics there isn't a lot of room in this for for cynics so um yeah, I think those two factors are kind of what draw me to it, and it was definitely interesting this time to to look at it from a more. I, I read, I rewatched it for this podcast, and um, it was interesting to look at it kind of from more of an analytical lens because uh, I've always just viewed it for for absolute pure just enjoyment. So.
1: Yeah, I mean, I uh, this was one of those films for our family as well that we watched a lot. Um, and because if I felt like it was, it was always on TV during the holiday season from like I don't October until you know New Year's Eve, Oh, wow. and so I feel like it was on TV a lot. So we watched it. And I remember in high school, especially I like really really got into it, and I watched it like constantly during the holiday season yeah and it got to the point where I could like memorize the lines, and like I was being told by my family to stop watching it. They're, like we're so sick of' while you were sleeping. Please we <laughs> put on something else <laughs> and, but I think that you're right, like this movie has such a like comforting vibe to it. It's so like even though it's like takes place in Chicago in the winter it's it's a very warm movie. Yeah. Um, it has like a really great cast, you know, with of course Sandra Bullock and Bill Pullman and um Peter uh, yeah, Peter Gallagher and um uh Jack Warden and you know, all these people and it's just like such a um such a like fun movie to watch and yeah, I mean I was thinking about it. Um from analytical point of view, as well, and it was cause it was interesting to watch it from that lens did you like what did you kind of think about when you're watching it, or what came to your mind as you were looking at it through that different lens?
0: um I think I was just kind of looking uh a lot more into uh the character development, particularly of sandra Bullock um and then I can get into to that a little bit later, but also kind of looking at like again, the plausibility of this movie and and just how not plausible it is, but but at the same time, like, kind of looking deeper into why we still buy into it, and I think a lot of that has to do with the casting. I mean, what, it's 1995 that this movie was released. Um, Sandra Bullock's just coming off of Speed, uh, which was this monstrous hit, Um, and it kind of introduced her to the world, and she kind of became America's sweetheart, and um, I think that has a lot to do with why she she sells this movie so well, um, by the way she she plays Lucy's character. Um, and, then get, and then I was looking just into yeah all the lengths that the movie goes to to kind of establish why this would be even remotely um, a possible thing that could happen.
1: You know like romantic comedies, especially in this era, like they have these very like high concepts, right? Like this movie's about someone who gets mistaken for someone's fiancé and has to lie to it. And it's like, that's not very believable. But, you know, once this movie gets past that, you're just kind of watching these, like, people interact with each other. Yeah. I think that it becomes, it feels very authentic. Yeah. And yeah. so I, I think that's what makes this movie so successful is that, like, these characters are all very, like, fun to watch, they're very interesting. They have different relationships with each other. And so, like, even if you can't... Even if it's kind of a big buy to, like, accept that through, like, you know, very carefully worded lines of dialogue she gets mistaken as um, as, you know, Peter Gallagher's fake fiancé. Like, even if that's kind of a big ask, you know, once you kind of get into the movie itself then it feels like a very, like, grounded, warm movie that's, like, really really easy to, you know, watch and appreciate. Sure,
0: yeah. And they introduce... It's it's not just about the love story, right, between her and, and Peter Gallagher or between her and Bill Pullman. Like, it becomes... They introduce all these other things that make it more about a love story between a girl and a family. And so you end up really just rooting for them because they all in some way need each other.
1: Every time I watch this movie, like, as an adult, like, in this, like, post... Even you know, postgraduate, you know, like, now that I'm, like, living on my own and stuff and, like, I don't see my family as often as I'd like,
0: yeah.
1: um, I always think about how Sandra Bullock is um, so, like, has, she's so lonely in this movie and it's, like, it's not that she doesn't have a life, but she has her friends, she has, has a job, you know, she, like, has interactions with, like, her landlord and, you know, her landlord's son and stuff. <laughs> So she has all this stuff going on, but she just feels like a loss because, like, her parents are both gone and she just doesn't, you know, she, like, needs, like, that kind of, like, a sense of, like, belonging. And so I think that, like, with this movie, you know, she kind of gets that through this family and it really, like, you know, you're right, like, this movie is really more about her getting this family that she kind of always wanted or had been wanting since her, her dad died. And that, to me, is, like, so much more rewarding. I mean, I've, I mean, I like the love story part of it, of course, but, like, watching... Um, yeah, like when they're opening the presents. Yeah, oh, my God, that, that's one of my favorite scenes, actually. Yeah.
0: yeah. I, it, it, that used to stand out to me as a kid as well, like, the way she was just so happy to to simply be there and have a say, yeah. like they hung up a stocking for her at such, you know, short notice. I always think, Oh my God, they had no time and they still did this. So it's, it's very heartwarming. And especially because I was, I was, as I was watching the movie, I was noting down just in how many ways the movie establishes how lonely and kind of withdrawn she is. I mean, she's, Sure, she has she has interactions with people, but not a whole lot. She sits in a tiny booth all day. She's working at the CTA, collecting tokens, and like you're not interacting with the people who pass you by very much.
1: You're,
0: yeah, they, they kind of disregard you as they walk by. Um, she has a I don't know, maybe I'm stretching here, but she has a cat. It's not even a dog. That's arguably a more social, friendlier animal. It's just a cat who doesn't really do much.
1: Um, yeah, no, I mean, that's a great point because, like, dogs, you have to, like, go to, like, dog parks. and that, Yeah. They like, I mean, just are, but cats are very, in, I mean, I think it's an indoor cat that she has. And yeah. even when cats go outdoors, it's not like you're walking them or playing with them.
0: No, they're just kind of there. And yeah. they're, they're company, But but she doesn't get to have that, the, I guess more playful interaction with a cat. And yeah. she doesn't, She has Celeste, who's the girl who works with her at um, at the train station. But other than that, you know, in a lot of romantic comedies, you see the um, the lead character, if she's female, she kind of has this group of girlfriends. And, and uh, Lucy doesn't have that in this movie. Um, it's very much just kind of her and herself. Again, another stretch, but I was just thinking about even the way she appears in this movie, her clothing, a lot of the time, it's, it's oversized in a way that she's kind of hiding in them. She's wearing a lot of oversized sweaters. She wears her dad's coat and she's kind of drowning in them. And it, it kind of makes her look even smaller and more invisible in a way. It's like, you know, oh, I'm not, I'm not fully here.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I don't think it's unintentional or like a coincidence. I definitely think it's, you know, I mean, part of what makes, you know, what, what makes this character so, um, enriching and you know interesting to watch is that she yeah there are these choices that this movie makes for her and that she lives in like a cramped tiny apartment and she's just wearing these like oversized clothes and you kind of see like how how like small her world is Mm -hmm. yeah and how she just wants to like retreat into herself and then she you know and you can see how it's probably easier for her to like have this like crush on a stranger yeah rather than you know I mean I'm sure if she I mean she's still Sandra Bullock so if she went to him and was like hey let's go out he would say yes
0: <laughs> yeah, well you know if we can. he might it,
1: not actually yeah. now that I think about it
0: <laughs> yeah um but but yeah you know and even with her boss is uh I forget his name oh Jerry Jerry her boss yeah you know, he's he flat out says it. you know, you're the only one without family. And that's why she's even working um, on the day that this accident happens. And um, I remember that line standing out to me really like a lot as a kid as well. Um, the whole setting of the movie during the holidays over Christmas and years. It's, again, another very deliberate choice, because, of course, this time of year is where everyone, even when they don't spend much time with their families, this is the one time of year where they do. And so it's especially lonely for people who don't have anyone to be with.
1: I like. I find that this movie is actually like a really good holiday movie, um, mm-hmm. because of that exact fact. Because I feel like so many holiday movies, like they kind, of, they don't really like, even if they're about people who are like lonely. They, I feel like this movie, while you were sleeping, just like gets it in a way that other movies don't. Yeah. And uh, I think it's all the things we're talking about, you know, like her clothes, her apartment, her pet, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think this movie also makes a really good um, showing of, like, what it means to have a family during the holiday and why that's so important. I mean, there's so many movies where it's like, oh, I have to go to my, like, parents' house or yeah. I have to, like, see my brother, see my cousins and stuff. And it's like, well, sometimes that's a good thing because, you know, you don't get that all the all year long.
0: Yeah. And they don't make any, like, this family is, is in a way, it seems very, like, the perfect family. I mean, you look at their house and the way they've decorated it and everything yeah. It's just a joyous atmosphere inside, but you know, they you have got your bickering. You've got um, Jack's beef with his dad about wanting to start a business on his own. Like, there's still stuff in there that you're like, okay, they're 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 real. You know, they're not just yeah. picture perfect. Obviously, Peter doesn't even seem very close to them. Um, so there's that too—that they have this perfect son somewhere in the city, but. They clearly don't see him. He clearly doesn't care. He had his secretary send them a, a gift for Christmas, so um, you can you can tell pretty early on that he's he's uh, he's not very close to them.
1: Yeah, I mean, I want to talk a little bit more about um, about this family because I like this movie is so funny and just like their dinner conversations are so like weird and. <laughs> They're, like talking over each other and like no one's really understanding what's going on and they're just like um like every time that mom says like these mashed potatoes are so creamy <laughs> I like I, it's so funny to me because it's, it's like so it's got yeah it's just like the just like all these like really good like older actors are just so like good at um just like giving these like really funny performances and like they're so weird and like crazy but in, like, a really lovable way, and even, like, their, um, even, like, their, like, yeah, their disagreements that they have and stuff, and it just, it doesn't feel, like, dysfunctional, just feels like, well, this is just, like, a normal family, you know, like, they have their stuff, and, yeah, the son doesn't come around as much, and, you know, the other son wants to, like, not do the family business, but... Yeah, I mean, just they seem like a, it comes all comes from a place of like love and acceptance, which is yeah. very it's very like charming and and wonderful to watch.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's just like this impossibly warm all-American family. Um, yeah,
1: yeah,
0: it's it's basically a Hallmark card of a family at least on the outside. Um, but then, but then, yeah, you, they keep it real and um, yeah. I think we've all seen a family like this, you know, which makes it more. Entertaining to watch because you, in your head, you're thinking of the family in your life who reminds you of this as well. So.
1: Yeah. Um, And uh, it's funny how like the two brothers, um, it's like Peter Gallagher and Bill Pullman, like they have such an interesting relationship because they seem like they are opposites because one has a very like successful, you know, white like very like white collar like WASPy kind of job. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, it's like, has this like fancy apartment, very like, you know, 90s, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, yuppie type, you know? Another one has like a very like manual labor job. And it's like, obviously, very like, you know, creatively satisfying and um, possibly like lucrative job, but it has like the kind of job that like someone who's like a little bit more like snobby would kind of look down on, just like repurposing furniture. Yeah. Um. But I think that they are very similar in a lot of ways, and that they're both like stubborn, and like they don't get mu- a lot of screen time together. But like you know, there are, like few scenes where they're talking, or like the one scene where um Peter Gallagher is still in the coma, and you know Bill Pullman's kind of talking to him. You could you can really sense the like history that two of them have as brothers.
0: Yeah, I think they established that brotherly relationship really well, especially given how little screen time they have together. But um, Interesting yeah. that you say similarities. Like that, that's cool because I didn't I didn't pick up on a lot of similarities between them. The only thing that was standing out to me was just how different they really are. Um, but yeah, I guess I yeah they both have that stubborn
1: streak in them. Yeah, I mean yeah I mean I guess like you know it's it's interesting in a movie like this because like it's kind of a love triangle even though it's not. Yeah.
0: Well, one of them doesn't know he's in one. Yeah,
1: exactly. Until he's told to be in it. <laughs> yeah which i i always think it's funny and like i i mean i don't know how you feel about like love triangles but like i always find them interesting to like kind of pick apart because you know you you know you have like the two types of love triangles where it's like one guy is so clearly wrong for the like the like 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 one like what are the two options is so clearly wrong for like the main person and the other one is like perfect but in this one like this movie kind of does that, but, like, doesn't really make Peter Gallagher into, like, a jerk. I mean, he's, like, kind of snobby and um, clueless, but he's not, like, mean or anything. So you can kind of see, like... Yeah. You, I don't know. Like, I don't really, like, walk away from this movie thinking, like, oh, thank God she's, she didn't end up with him. I mean, I know, like, obviously she won't because he's not the main, the main love interest, but yeah. it's, like, I don't feel like she, like, dodged a bullet or anything.
0: I don't think that she. I don't think he's necessarily a bad guy. I think we see the only part of him we really see, uh, where he gets to be a part of showing us who he is, is when he wakes up, right? And when he wakes up, he's already kind of had this. He's he's very appreciative of the second chance on life that he's gotten, and so he's he's going through that journey of becoming a better person. On the other hand, in the first half of the movie, we get all these hints of kind of. He's a jerk. Like he's, he's got pictures of himself in his wallet and in his apartment. You know. He, yeah. Um. He's the the woman that he's with uh before uh that
1: woman that he proposed to, Ashley Bartlett Bacon. She's not exactly the most pleasant person. Right. Yeah. I mean, I I mean, I love that name. Yeah. She seems like oh, a piece of work.
0: I love her character so. Much. <laughs> yeah. She's in the movie for what two scenes? But. Yeah she's kind of one of the characters you walk away remembering for the rest of your life. Oh my God.
1: Yeah. She's hysterical. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm just laughing, thinking about how many times I've quoted from this movie and she's just always part of it. Um, Yeah. but yeah, I think it it does a good job of establishing that he's a bit of a self absorbed, um, you know, a bit of an arrogant, uh, jerk. And so, um, I think we, but when we see him making that transformation after he wakes up from the coma, you realize, like like you said, he is just a bit clueless. You know, he's he doesn't mean any harm, especially in this yeah. movie. And so, yeah, I guess you're right in that maybe she doesn't dodge a bullet in terms of dodging a person that's just bad, but she does she does dodge a bullet in that she, you know, he wasn't right for her, and yeah, um, she's such a romantic. Like she's grown up. Uh, wanting the kind of love story that her mother and father had. She's got this habit of dreaming. Ever since she was a kid, in, in the beginning of the movie, they talk about how her and her dad used to imagine going on these adventures together. So, of course, when she sees Peter for the first time, it's easy for her to go straight into that dreamy space of calling him her Prince Charming and imagining a life together. Um, so I think, you know, it's it's when she gets out of that dream space and starts looking at at his brother is when you know things like she said life doesn't always turn out the way you planned so
1: yeah yeah i mean that's um it's a really great point um and like i i like i like how romantic this movie is like you know you were saying how like she wants this like perfect you know perfect love story and in some way she gets that i mean she does get it because get it. her like
0: you know she gets it when um, – so you know how her mother, her father, she said it in the very beginning of the movie. And I felt so stupid because I only put this together recently. But she said that um, her father told her that he knew he loved her mother when she gave him the world. Uh, it wasn't actually a world. It was just a globe. Uh, as yeah. It. And so, of course, you know, Lucy would have that as her reference point for true love. And then later on in the movie – Um, Jack, Bill Pullman's character, gives her the snow globe. And it's not explicitly said, but obviously you make that connection. Like, oh, her dad got
1: a globe and she's getting a snow globe. And so she's really getting what she always dreamed of. Oh, wow. That's a great catch. You know, I'm I'm sure that I have, like, like, subconsciously I always kind of put it together. But hearing it articulated, yeah, like, it really makes this love story seem so, like... Romantic and yeah, I mean, like I really, um, I I really like that connection that you make and and I think it really sells why this movie is such a like gooey and romantic film because it it really takes the time to establish you know this you know what this woman wants and like what she um and like what she gets at the end of the film which is pretty much like she gets this kind of fairy tale you know romance that she wants and deserves. Yeah, yeah. And like I really like their chemistry, you know, Sandra Bullock and Bill Pullman. Yeah. I mean I I don't really recall any other romantic comedies that Bill Pullman has done. No,
0: I think this kind of was the movie that that uh, alerted people that he could do this. You know, he's yeah. I mean, like,
1: when was Sleepless in Seattle? He was in that but obviously he wasn't the lead um that was nineteen I was in like ninety three exactly. or ninety four. Like it was before this for sure. Okay.
0: Um, but again, he wasn't really, he wasn't really in that much of a romantic role in that one. He was yeah.
1: the to So, yeah, I well, think... I feel like right after this, he does Independence Day, and I feel like that just takes his career yeah. to a new level. But, I mean, they have such a, like, funny chemistry. Like, they're so, um, just, like, in the way they, like, tease each other, and the way that they kind of, um, bicker and banter, but, um, I feel like they're also the only people who can kind of understand each other, because... Like she really gets at, you know, how he is dealing with his family and he is kind of poking holes in her like facade of being a loner. Like I feel like he he's he understands like why um he like I feel like he can really tell that like She's not as happy as she's like trying to be in her lifestyle, and I, I really like that. Like, I love the scene where they're on the um, they're like slipping on the ice and stuff, yeah. and trying to catch each other. It's so it's such a like cliche thing, but it's like so fun to watch. And you know, of course, the whole like lean in conversation, yes. I find very funny.
0: Yes, <laughs> um, yeah, and I think from the start, right, he never fully buys into the fact that she is his brother's fiancé. and I think just because right off the bat he knows that she is just way too nice and sweet and humble for for someone like his brother he's he's kind of the person who knows his brother the best and knows her the best as well so um, you know I think he just he knows enough about each of them to know that they're not the right people for each
1: right. other whereas everybody yeah.
0: can kind of be convinced that they are
1: yeah Exactly, and I think that's a really um, that's a really great great thing this movie does. Where did you grow up? God, you just become
0: Mr. Chatty this evening.
1: Fact of the matter is, I'm about to start shivering, and making conversation keeps my face from freezing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you. I had um, had a good time. Oh. Mm. Slippery here. Come I'm on. I'm yeah. <laughs> Got this far. I'll take <laughs> you the last little. little you gotta watch. It, a little icy. So, um, you going to go see Peter tomorrow? Oh.
1: Whoa. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> right. Do not uh, take this. me with you. No, it's all right. You got That's it? Too bad.
0: Yeah.
1: okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> wow. This is, this is, this is bad. This is, there we go. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. I think we're all right now.
1: Got it? Just step over this way. This way. Ah! Is that my pants or my muscles?
0: (laughs) Oh, give me your hand. (laughs) Give (laughs) me your hand.
1: Whoa. Do you have an extra pair of pants in your apartment?
0: If you fit into my pants, I will kill myself. <laughs> you don't have to follow me. Oh,
1: you blocked the wind. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'll wait till you get inside. Well, good night. Night.
1: Yes. I'll see you when I see you. Yeah, I want to talk about, um, like, how like people will call this movie, like, creepy because, like, I guess she is, like, lying about, like, who she is and it's, like, I don't know. Like, I've, I've seen people be like, oh, she's, like, she's just tell the truth and, like, it's kind of, like, weird how she's obsessed with this guy without really knowing him, but, uh, Peter Gallagher. And, like, I don't know, I wanted to get your thoughts on that because it's something that I always kind of think about because it's just, like, I've seen it too many times. I've yeah. seen that argument too many times to, like, be able to ignore when I'm watching it. Yeah,
0: and I think people also say, right, like, oh, if the roles were reversed and it was a woman in a coma and it was a guy who was lying to uh, to get to know her family, like, it would be even creepier. Um, yeah. So, you know, I thought about this, and... Maybe it's because I've just been watching this since I was a kid, and so it's hard to separate the you know right versus wrong from from my emotional investment in the movie, yeah for me, in the monologue that she gives in the hospital room when she goes to visit Peter in the middle of the night um she says again, what a lot of girls can probably relate to the whole you know if only that person really knew you, they would dump the perfect model that they were with and realize that yeah. You, wanted to grow old with and I think that is where if you as an audience haven't bought into why she didn't speak up with the family earlier if you're still like oh idiot Lucy you know it's not that hard just speak up but here is when my heart really does go out to her it's because again it just kind of it's the nail in the coffin of just how lonely she is she's speaking to this guy who can't hear her she's left her home in the middle of the night and and she's all she wants is to feel a sense of of whatever it was, community, belonging, um, love. You yeah, know, uh, yeah. It brings it home that there is no ulterior motive here. And also the fact that she wants to tell them. You know, she's she's told by a lot of people not to tell them, whether it's uh, her boss who tells her not to tell them, Saul, the, um, uh, the neighbor. The neighbor. friend, yeah. yeah. Uh, he tells her not to tell them because he's like, you know, for the Callahans, it's like having you, it's almost like they have Peter back. And so right. he's kind of telling her, you know, they're as much out of this as you are. So it's it's almost like it takes some of the the, uh, the weight off of her. It takes some of the heat off of her that she's willing to tell them. Of course, you know, she's, she's not totally devoid of blame either because she literally doesn't speak up. But... Um, but I think the fact that there are all these other people around her being like,
1: don't tell them.
0: Why would you why would you want to say anything? That I think almost forgives it a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean I mean for sure. Like I I mean I do I think it's creepy? Maybe. Do I really care? Not really. <laughs> I, <don't> know, but <laughs> I for all the reasons you said, like, you know, she you know, of course there are people telling her not to tell tell them. That's like, you know, I mean of course like she I mean, she should it, I think, because of all the reasons that you said, and I think also like um, that scene in the hospital that you mentioned, like where she has this monologue. I think it's like probably one of the best scenes in the movie, probably like the best acting that she does in the movies, because and it really highlights, you know, the, like this character and like why, like why this movie isn't just some like silly high, you know, high concept farce. Like it's actually very like thoughtful. Thoughtful film and um, I yeah I really I really can't get behind this that argument that it's like really creepy but yeah. I mean I guess I guess you're right that if roles were reversed it would be but I'm, I don't know I mean I'm, have you seen the Indian remake of this movie Yeah well a long time ago Yeah, yeah so like that movie really does reverse the genders and like I guess it's kind of I mean I haven't seen the movie in a long time either but um, I uh, I was thinking about thinking about watching it again just to like see but i think at the time <laughs> same thing. Um, but yeah i mean i don't know i guess i guess in some ways like you know i guess like because of like gender power dynamics like maybe like having a woman in, in the lead of this film like kind of alleviates some of the like creepiness of it Could be, because yeah. like it's not like it's not like we, you know, like we hear stories about men, you know, kind of invading the personal lives and personal space of women all the time, you know, hardly even hear about it with women. So it's like, not as like hard to swallow with a woman. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And no, that's a good point. So like when she does confess at the end, like in this like hospital wedding.
0: Yeah. Which is, I'm like, why would, why were they so desperate to get them married that quickly? Couldn't they have waited? Just as, as a logistics
1: thing. <laughs> I, yeah, I really don't know. I'm trying to think of the, I, I can't recall if there was a reason. I think it was just, like, let's get these people married as soon as possible because, like, they've been through so much. Maybe I, I Yeah,
0: don't know. that could be it. Yeah, I think I was just like, oh, it's just so depressing. Like, he's, you know, he's in his, he's in his pajamas, wearing a jacket over them. Like, it's, I oh.
1: Yeah, I mean, I definitely think they both deserve, like, a real wedding. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I mean, even when she's, like, confessing and she she says that she, like, fell in love with the family as well. And it's, like, yeah, I mean, then you kind of – it's easy to, to forgive that. And, like, a lot of that is Sandra Bullock who just has this, like, natural um, likability. She's so endearing and lovable and um, she's so, like, earnest. Yeah. So it's, like, you can't really graft any, like, malicious motives on her because she doesn't have any –
0: Exactly. No, and I think in some ways, I mean, even though the family doesn't know the truth, there is a bit of you hear what you want to hear going on, right? Because the yeah. family has plenty of opportunities where suspicions are raised, either by Jack or I don't know. I feel like there are times where they could, they they could, you know, find out the truth about what's going on, but yeah, but they all latch on to all the reasons why they should buy into it. Whether it's you know, they ask her about how she and Peter met and the story she tells has absolutely nothing to it. She says that they saw each other and he smiled and then she knew her life would never be the same. And there's really, it's not much of a story. There's, there's not a lot of meat there, but for them, it's enough. And I feel like that's what keeps happening throughout the story. It's, it's, it's always just enough to make them be like, oh,
1: okay, this is legit, you know? Right, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree with that. Like, yeah, they definitely, I mean, definitely Jack is, you know, raising suspicions. And, yeah, I agree for sure. It's a lot of fun to the movie, right? When he's trying to quiz her or he's trying to just, like, expose And I like how, like, somehow just through, like, sheer luck, she just happens to know all the answers.
0: Yeah, it's all these happy accidents. Yeah. (laughs) Um,
1: Like, like, when she, like, happens to run into his, like, partner. Uh Uh-huh. and he like tells her about his injury and so, yeah, it's just like all these like random things just work out.
0: Yep, and she gets to discover all these intimate details about this guy that, that you really wouldn't get to know if you didn't know him, but somehow Yeah.
1: how she gets to die. Yeah. Um and like I, I mean, I guess I, I still like wanna like list all the scenes that I love, which is yeah. probably like <laughs> um not as interesting to listen to, but like uh, like when they try to move the like couch into the apartment and like they have to like give blood and stuff, yeah. like just like so funny
0: and to think that it only happens over five days or yeah. you know it, it's kind of that's another part of this that's a little bit mind boggling where I'm like so she you know saves the guy's life she meets his family she meets his brother she falls in love she lies throughout the week like spends Christmas and New Year's with them um it all this stuff happens in just, and she falls in love and they you know there's a proposal at the end of a week her life completely changes yeah So that's, I think, the part of it where you have to put, you know, you have to suspend belief for a little bit. But um, again, it's just done in such a charming way that it's not in your face, the fact that it's just describing.
1: I mean, speaking of, you know, like things being in your face, I wanted to talk about this like Joe Jr. character. Yes, please. (laughs) Um, Because like, he's, I think, the one part of this movie that just feels out of place and a little outdated. I don't know if you... I mean, like, it's funny. Like, I enjoy his scenes, but it's, like... Yeah, it's very strange.
0: Well, he's... Uh, the way I read... I, I agree. Like, I wasn't quite sure what to make of him, especially, like, the whole time I've been watching this movie over the years, he was my... He, I, <laughs> I call him my spirit animal just because... <laughs> but, um... Yeah, if you look at it with a more critical lens, you're kind of like, what is this guy doing here? And And... I don't know exactly, but for me, he's the antithesis of what she dreams about. And yet, for a long time, he's kind of the only romantic, quote-unquote, prospect she could have. Um, And I don't really know what that's supposed to do for us. Is that supposed to make us feel even worse for her? And so when she gets a chance to be part of another love story, we kind of are like, yes, go Lucy. But, But yeah, I just think he's there to emphasize yet again you know like this is what her life is this is kind of the hopeless state that her life is in and uh, and she deserves so much more
1: yeah I mean I, um, that's a really great point and like I definitely agree with that because I feel like there's a, there's a version of this movie and a version of this character where she's just, just so hopeless she just like marries him Yeah, exactly. and like I mean I like the same with, you know, Peter Gallagher, like, I feel like he was probably, I mean, he's, like, I'm very annoying and very, like, obnoxious and sexist, but I also think that he probably was, like, maybe not treating her, like, perfectly well, but, like, well enough that, like, she might find some happiness there, I don't know, maybe I'm giving him too much credit.
0: She might, but, especially, like, post-coma version of Peter, uh, of Peter. Yeah,
1: right. right. But I, I, I think with, like, Joe Jr., like, yeah, there's definitely... um I feel like they're definitely trying to position her in this way of just, like, having this, like, really just, like, sad and, like, mediocre life. Like, he just seems like a very, like, mediocre guy. Yeah. Uh, but he's just, like, so weird. Like, why is he trying on her shoes? Like, what... Yeah, I... <laughs> you know I, what I mean? Like, that's the only thing that's kind of, like... Is it supposed to be, like, he's, like... I don't think they're trying to like say anything like him like being like a cross-dresser or anything, but I just think that like to me that felt more like a '90s joke about like men wearing women's clothes, not like a, you know what I mean, just the kind of like oh he's so weird because like he thinks to like wear her shoes or whatever.
0: Yeah, no, that's definitely kind of a dated attempt at humor there. Yeah. Um, I mean, 1995, I guess
1: you're gonna yeah, get right. Um, um, but I always get the biggest laugh when she's like, "Oh, leaning isn't a thing," and then Joe Jr. sees Jack do it to her, and he's like, "You know, it looks like he's leaning into you." Yeah,
0: yeah. It's and mean, good... that for me almost gives Joe Jr. some credibility, like, "Oh, okay, he kind of knows his stuff."
1: You yeah, know? yeah, exactly. And he does seem very happy with that woman that he is dating at the end. So, Ooh, but he doesn't—he doesn't end up with her, does he? Um, the other second... I don't know. I think when I, she,
0: he visits uh, Sandra Bullock's character at the end of the movie and she asks how it's going with the other girl and he starts crying. And
1: oh, just, that's right. I was, yeah, I completely forgot. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I took that to mean they weren't together anymore, but... Uh, <laughs> poor Joe.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Can't catch a break. <laughs> no,
0: but he's... he's um, you know, as weird as he is, as problematic as he is, I... I Again, emotional investment in the movie or childhood nostalgic factor, whatever it is, he is one of my favorite characters, or if not the favorite character in this movie. Yeah, he's definitely
1: very. Um, he has his charms, right? <laughs> like it's like it's hard to get to. Um, um, it's it's hard to get too mad at him because he's just like he just seems like. Oblivious to yeah, that's social thing. social cues.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing, right? There are no actually ill intentioned characters in this movie. So there's no clear cut villain. There's no um I mean I guess you could make a case for, for um Ashley Bartlett Bacon. But uh, I don't know,
1: I'm cut into her.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean she's 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 in it too little for us to really make a judgment about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, otherwise, like, it's just kind of a movie about people who are either lonely or lost or, um, you know, going through their own stuff, but nobody is, nobody's a bad person here.
1: Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I love this movie a lot. So I was looking up, um, like, when this movie was released and, um, you know, it's released in April of 1995. April? Really? Oh yeah. yeah, and it's I, I mean I wish I could I wish I could like transport back to that time because like I I don't know I guess I assume this movie you know, was released in like November December because it's such a holiday movie it's such yeah. a like per, but it released in April and which is so weird because I feel like nowadays a holiday movie would not be released anytime but maybe October at the at the early. At the earliest. Yeah. But, yeah, it was so weird. But it's still a huge hit. I mean, it made almost $200 million at the box office. And, like, Sandra Bullock became, you know, a global star from this movie. Yeah, And, like, I mean, I every time I think about her, like, career, it's just so I, – I think she's, like, a very impressive lady. Like, of course, talented actress, wonderful on screen and stuff. But, like, just the way that she's, like, crafted her career. Like, she does, like, movies that, like, people like and, like, have long shelf lives, like – this movie and um, miscongeniality and um, oh god, like and like gravity and the heat and the proposal, yeah. Um, all on the, the blind side, like all these movies that made so much money, and they like are like you know beloved, you know all over, and it's just like yeah. I mean this movie. I mean, speed of course was a huge hit, but I feel like this like this film, I think was like really the first one that um, really like of like what she could do as a leading lady and i'm so glad that like she and, continues to do romantic comedies like i wish she would do another one
0: oh yeah me too i mean that's that's a blessing and a curse right i always wonder just playing devil's advocate here like do you, this movie catapulted her to fame like got her all this global recognition and was it, it ushered in the age of sandra bullock and romantic comedies and in a way i wonder like did that Lock her, box her in for the longest time. I know she did other things, but um, this is clearly what she's best known for until at least, you know, she did um, The Blind Side. And then after that, I feel like she's kind of been taken
1: more seriously in other types of roles. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think, you know, with any... I think with, like, any actor, especially, like, women... You know, when they do something really well, then this just becomes, like, what they do, and it's hard for them to break out. And, like, I mean, I know, I've read interviews from her where she's kind of, like, where she was kind of sick of doing movies like this for a while, and I think that's probably why she, you know, would, like, branch out. Yeah. Um, like, I think, like, a movie like Forces of Nature, she probably yeah. isn't very proud of, or, like... Um, All About Steve, which came out a couple, almost, yeah, a couple of years ago. Like, I, I think she's, ago. yeah, yeah. like, I think she's just kind of, like, at some point just would take them because they're probably, like, easy money, easy work. But, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely glad that, like, she's, like, branching out. And, like, uh, like I was so impressed with her in Gravity and, like, so glad that she was doing something like that.
0: Yeah. And um, let's let's face yeah. it, right, like, not to not to bring up a sore subject, but the fact that she is older now and that kind of romantic comedy space, unfortunately, well, hopefully things are changing a bit now, but, but for a while there, you know, you, you women her age were not getting those kind of roles anymore. Romantic comedies were very, yeah. for yeah. a certain uh-huh. age bracket. And so you kind of have no choice but to redefine the, the career choices that you make and the kind of films you take on. So,
1: yeah, yeah. And like, I think like, thankfully, you know, she's had like, she has such like goodwill and like has had so many box office hits that she can like take a chance on a movie like Gravity, which I yeah. mean that was a big hit. Um, yeah. and you know, of course you got the Oscar nomination, but like there's a world where like that movie totally fails. And, yeah. Um, and even like something like Ocean's Eight, which is like very. Even though that it's like a you know a very like female friendly comedy, like it's definitely a different kind of character that she's playing. Yeah. And yeah. even that, like she was able to like power that to like two hundred million dollars worldwide. And so, right.
0: Right. And then I like mean, yeah, even yeah. if
1: that's not even like a great, that's like not even a great movie, but um like just her, I mean not just her star power, but like for the most part, yeah, like she's she's a title character. So yeah, for sure. Um yeah, I mean I I'm so glad you picked this movie. Do you have any final thoughts on the film? Anything you want to bring up?
0: No, I mean I think that you know I. It's just kind of one of those movies that it sounds really cliche, but um, it is one of those warm and fuzzy ones. And uh, it was 1995, so maybe people haven't seen it, but I would I would really recommend that people watch this movie.
1: Yes. I second that completely. Um, it's such a good movie. I was like so happy to talk about it and I can't wait to watch it again in like November. Yeah. (laughs) For like two months straight. Yeah. Um, Anisha, where can people find you online?
0: Um, I'm mostly active on Twitter so they can find me at Javanis. It's J H A V A N I S. Um, and uh, if you ever watch Bollywood movies on Netflix um, I am the person behind writing all those synopses for the movies so you can keep me
1: in mind when you're watching those excellent, yes, please follow Anisha, she's the best um, Thank you. you can find me on Twitter at TheManish89 that's theminish89, T 89 themanish 89 also at Talk Film Society where you can read my writing uh, please follow this podcast at ImpotWU great if you subscribe and help people find the show Uh, Anisha, thank you so so much for coming on I had a great time, love to have you back anytime you want
0: thank you so much, I had so much fun
1: yes and uh, thanks for listening and have a good night